Welcome to the second season of the Gutsy Health Podcast with Shanique Roney and Gina Warfel, where we share uncomplicated, practical, and affordable wellness education so you can be a self-healing champion. This episode is brought to you by the Gutsy Health Membership Program, a program that gives you inexpensive tools and resources to heal your mind, body, and soul. Visit our website at mygutsyhealth.com. Hey, you guys, welcome back to the Gutsy Health Podcast. I have my fabulous, amazing, magical co-host with me, Gina Warfel. And today we have a special guest. His name is Dhruvan Patel. And many of you know, I'm kind of like, I'm not a weirdo, but I'm so like EMFs and healthy lighting. Like this is all really important. And to get the right information from the right people is important too. And so many of you have listened to my EMF podcast with Ryan Blazer, and we've touched on dirty lights and screen time and how that affects brain health. But today we have, we have an expert in the light world. His name is Dhruvan Patel and he has started this company. It's Oh my gosh. And his product is so amazing. It's called OcuShield and it's changing the world. You guys, Druven, he was an optometrist. Is that correct? You were in your last year of optometry when you started your company or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. I actually started while I was studying to become an optometrist and then I qualified and carried things on. Brad, tell us that story because today we're going to be talking about blue light blocking and screens and artificial lighting and how that actually affects our health. Like we actually don't I don't think people realize how much we are hurting, not only our brain health, but our mental health, our physical health, when it comes to all this artificial lighting, when we're looking at our computers and our cell phones, I mean, how many hours a day are people looking at screens? Probably like eight to 12 hours. Is that correct? It's a lot. Yeah, definitely. Post pandemic, the screen time usage figures have gone through the roof. Man. So Driven, please introduce yourself. You're just brilliant. And you started this amazing company. <laughs> that has been featured in Forbes and Cosmopolitan and USA Today. And tell us your story of like how you began and how you got into this industry and why you got into this industry. Yeah, certainly. Hi, everyone. I'm, I'm Dhruvan Patel. I'm an optometrist from London. Uh, my journey started back in 2013 when I was trying to, as a young student, become an optometrist. And I got intrigued into it because I loved biology um, and I loved looking after people. And I did some work experience and I thought, hey, this looks like a good profession. So that's what kind of ended up in me studying the profession there. Um, But when I was studying at university on the weekends, I was working at an optical chain known as Grand Vision in the States um, just to get some industry experience and obviously earn a few extra pounds to facilitate my studies. And when I was working there on the weekends, the lead optometrist, she got the team, including myself, and said, hey, everyone, we've got this wonderful new innovation for people that wore glasses, so prescription glasses. And she said, it's a coating that goes onto the glasses. Uh, It's called blue control. And any patient that has it on them will benefit from them because blue light causes eye strain. And I naturally was really intrigued because I've grown up with my mother always telling me, screens are bad for your eyes, right? And I'm sure everyone's kind of had this dialogue. And when I ever quizzed her on it, she she didn't really have a reason for it. She just kind of said, They just are. And that was it. Now, I thought, okay, this new innovation, this might be the missing piece to the puzzle. So I I ran back to the university and I discussed with the faculty. I said, I really want to do a research project around this. You know, I want to see like how true is this topic? And I spent 18 months researching how artificial blue light from screens affected our eyes physiology, which is our eye structures and also our circadian rhythms, which is our sleep and wake cycle. 
And after conducting the research, I found that, yes, blue light from screens did affect the eyes. One, by causing eye strain and fatigue, which leads to headaches. And then secondly, um, our sleep, you know, I found that the artificial blue light was suppressing the hormone melatonin, which made it harder for us to sleep. And at this point, my mind was a bit blown because I thought digital devices only get bigger and brighter. And it was the it, kind of 2015 um, realm. And these are two massive pain points. And I thought as a consumer myself, I need something to limit my blue light exposure. And I didn't wear glasses, so I couldn't use that product at the time. So I set about how can I take that technology and put it directly on the device itself? And that's where my journey began with Opishore. And I got some grant funding and I set about developing our products. And um, from there is where the business began and how we began with our first line of products. That's really phenomenal. That's such a great, great story because from going from like not knowing to this tiny little seed that's like, hey, it affects us. And it just launched you down this path of, holy cow, this really affects people. I love it. So how can screen time actually affect our health? Like you mentioned eye strain and like headaches. I've actually noticed my son loves video games. And when he's been playing for hours and hours, he gets headaches, like screaming headaches. And what is the mechanism that's actually happening? And like, is blue light from screens different from like blue light that we see outside? Because, you know, you see blue everywhere. What is really, what is actually happening? What's different with what we're seeing in our screens and what we're seeing outside? Yeah, let's break it down for those that are listening and might be unaware what you know blue light is. Um, so if you look at the visible spectrum of light, you've got UV light on one side and then you've got kind of X-ray and radio waves on the other. And in the middle, you've got the visible spectrum of light. So all the colors we can see, the colors of the rainbow. Now, we all know how bad ultraviolet light is for us, right? But it's uh, invisible. It's usually zero to 400 nanometers. Now, the first type of lighting that enters after ultraviolet light is blue light. And that's 400 to 500 nanometers. Now, this type of lighting has a shorter wavelength and research has shown that actually less of it is required to cause an impact to human health. And we know that, you know, the way it affects us is, yes, you're right. There is blue light that comes from the sun and that's natural and we need it. You know, we need it in the mornings to regulate our circadian rhythms. Now, you know, when we were back in the days, the ancestors, right, what they had was, candles to light up their environment in the evenings so what they had during the day the sun was there it regulated the circadian rhythm because they knew it was the daytime but in the evenings they had candles and candles are they have no blue light right it's a very high red light kind of artificial light source now they were able to get to sleep because there wasn't any blue light impact on them but what we're doing now is we flip that on its head and we're bringing artificial sources of blue light into the palm of our hands and not just only your hands, it's the lighting around us. So LED lighting that we use has blue light in it. And the type of light that's emitted from screens and LED lighting, you have more blue light than any other color in the spectrum of light. And even when you look at a white light that's coming from your screen, it has spikes of blue light in it. That the, the color of the image that you're seeing on your screen does not have to be blue for you to be exposed to blue light. So that's where the blue light's really coming from. And that, that's a kind of a, a brief definition on blue light and breaking it down into kind of the spectrum of light. So what is it actually doing biologically to our bodies? Like, why are we not feeling good when we're exposed to so much? I understand like 
So in my house, we have like a certain flicker rate of light bulbs in our house. And I call it mood lighting because when people come to our house and it's like the sun has set and then we put our mood lighting on. And so it's just a couple lamps in the house that are very red light bulbs. Like I think it's a low flicker rate, not a high flicker rate. I don't know. Ryan Blazer explained this all to me. And so people are like, do you want to switch the lights on? I'm like, no, no one turned the lights on in my house. Like we're, we're trying to sedate our brains. Right. And so I know that as it's stimulating our brain and it's creating hormonal changes in our brain, what else, what is happening systemically? Yeah, great question. And just on your point with the lighting, you want to reduce any flicker in lighting because our eyes are very smart. They can actually see lots of light sources and know that there's a lot of flicker going on, but you see it as a normal one image. But when you put a camera in front of you, you can always see flickering. It requires your mm -hmm. eyes to work a lot harder, right? To do that. So yeah, yeah, try to go for no flickering types of lighting. But yeah, it's too Sorry, Can you explain what is a flicker rate? Because I'm going to be honest and everyone's going to laugh at me right now. I say flicker rate and I have no clue what I'm talking about. I'm like, high flicker rate, low. I just know it's supposed to be low. You know, like, what the heck is that even? Like, explain that to me like I'm five. And for all the listeners that are like, Shanique, we know what a flicker rate is. I'm really sorry. So, I don't. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> so please explain that to me like I'm five. <laughs> Yeah, so the measurement that you use with flicker frequency is something called Hertz. And you see generally, so it started off in TVs, really. So if you look at back at TVs, they all were made from an LCD or LED filament. And what happened over time as TVs got better, their flicker rate improved. And flicker rate is the ability to change the image that you're seeing at any given time. So the old devices had a really slow flicker rate, right? And that would mean that you'd see a, Almost, it's like when you're browsing the internet, you see a slow moving image, you know, if you've got slow, slow broadband. But what happened as devices moved on further, you saw the flicker rate and the refresh rate increased a lot more faster. So your naked eye, you wouldn't even notice it's there, right? But what we're seeing now is we're seeing devices where they've eliminated, eliminated flicker rate and lighting, where they've eliminated flicker rate, where it's just one constant type of source of lighting where there's no refreshment happening to um, the image that you're seeing so actually it's easier on your visual system and it's not having an impact on you so therefore you should always mm -hmm. go for sources of lighting or tvs where there isn't a flicker rate that it's going to affect your visual system how would That's, you know i know i was going to say does it stay there on the box and i just haven't read it like how do we research this yeah totally so generally a lot of tv providers will say you know there's has a high refresh flicker rate and you won't have it there. With lighting, it's a lot more difficult. Because with lighting, you've, you don't have, that's not traditional terminology that they use. My best tips are is going for warm LED lighting, going for brands that have been doing it for a long time. And if you want to check, just hold your phone up to a light source. And then you can see if your camera can pick up, if you record it for 10 seconds, a flicker there, then cut it, you know, get a new product. Mm, interesting. interesting. That's so interesting. Okay. I'm sorry. Diverted us. So, so keep telling yeah. us about the effects on the body, the brain, our health, what's happening to us and our young generation, because to be honest, like, and I'm just going to cut in, in my clinic, I've seen a lot of younger, sick kids that, and, and, um, they have, and my son included like headaches and fatigue and sleep issues and insomnia, anxiety, depression. And I know that this is linked to screen time. Like I know it, I've researched it. I've spoken to experts about it. I've spoken with Ryan about it. Like he and I have had hours of conversations around this topic. And every time I have an anxious kid, a depressed kid or one with insomnia, I'm like, what's their screen time? Like, like what, like, because it's all related, but can you explain that to listeners and really hit home to us like why this is so bad 
Yeah, totally. Let's start there with kids. So we know the lens in the eye for children doesn't develop fully until their teenage years. Why this is important is the lens in the eye is your natural filter for UV and blue light. Now, kids are now spending more time than ever working, aka learning on devices, and then they're playing on devices at the same time. So, you know, devices, you've got to remember, are only two, two to slash three decades old, right? There hasn't been any longitudinal long-term studies done to, to see the impact on how devices are going to impact kids. But there have been epidemiological studies which show in a short period of time how this will impact, let's say, children or adults' eyes. You know, we know from research that blue light affects the eyes. Also in the long term, it can cause things like macular degeneration, you know, high exposure to blue light, which is an eye disease which affects your central vision in the later years of life. But if we put two and two together, if children are having high exposure to it, in their early years, and again, they're twice as susceptible than adults, then we're, we're always setting them up for a bit of an epidemic in the future where the health of the eyes is going to really suffer if we look at it that way. So children are really, it's a concern for them, right? And I think not a lot of people know that. So the best ways to mitigate it are is, one is, you know, there's two easy steps that I always recommend for anyone that uses screen times a lot, especially children. One is proximity of device. The further you hold a device away or a light source, the less intensity of that light source you're going to have. So less blue lights entering your body. Second is brightness. Simply turning down brightness of a light source or a screen, again, is going to reduce the impact of that blue light on your body. So those are two three simple ways you can just immediately change environment for kids and yourselves. And I think when you talk about more wider bits, it's so interesting where now kids and, and adults, when we're on devices, we get a dopamine release when we are using, let's say, Instagram or we get a notification. You know, our, we, our body almost feels like it's rewarded, like when you have sugar in your body. You know, as we have sugar, our bodies love it. But in the same way, when we're on phones and devices, it's like a dopamine release. And that's where we get cooked into using devices. And I always say to anyone I'm speaking to is try to not use devices in the last hour of your day before you go to bed and also the first hour of when you wake up especially yeah. the first hour when you wake up was your body is in something known as alpha state and alpha mm -hmm. state means that you are more susceptible to everything that you're taking in so let's say you're on social media and you're taking in all this negative news it's oh, going to yeah. impact your day so for, for the future right and if you can actually just leave that hour for a clear mindset where you can think and just generally think about things, you're going to have such better day. Unless you're someone that's feeding all your, you know, on your phone's got just really good stuff on there, good news. But it's, it's very unlikely, right? Because you're going to get notifications. You're going to get things where step change your day or thought process. So I always say try to not use the devices. And if you use your phone as an alarm clock, use a physical alarm clock. That way you're not even tempted to have the, a phone in your bedroom. Because what happens is you turn your alarm off and you're straight onto your phone. Yeah, I, uh, I read an interesting study not too long ago. I can't remember if it was artificial light or blue light. It was one of the two. And they compared people who expose themselves to artificial lighting or blue light in the evening and measured like their blood sugar and insulin resistance. And there was a, a significant relationship to people who had exposed themselves to that lighting had elevated significantly elevated blood sugar and insulin resistance compared to people who didn't have that exposure. I thought it was so interesting. So I think about that now when I think about using my phone at night, I'm like, this is going to elevate my blood sugar. <laughs> it's, 
That's so interesting you say that because um, Barcelona Institute of Health did a study in 2018 and 2020 and they looked at nighttime workers and they looked at their exposure to artificial light at nighttime. It's known as ALAN. And they followed a cohort of people that worked at night versus a normal group. And it was hundreds, hundreds of people. Um, I believe it was 656 in the study. And after conducting two separate studies, they found that those that were nighttime workers, due to the exposure to artificial light, which is obviously enriched with short wavelength blue light, they found the risks of breast and prostate cancer mm. were a lot higher for those that worked at nighttime because of their exposure to artificial um, blue light. And the reason for it is because it's, it's, as Gina said, it's affecting your insulin, it's affecting your regulatory body in terms of normal function and your body doesn't know what to do and it's almost confused and just more at risk. So um, yeah, just wanted to share that. (laughs) I want to add more to that actually. This is what we teach in our Gutsy Academy is artificial lighting directly affects mitochondrial function and the mitochondria are like the batteries to every single cell in your body. We have millions, billions of mitochondria, right? The best thing you can do for your mitochondria is watch the sun rise and the sunset and be in that lighting because it actually boosts your mitochondrial function and how, and its production and whatnot. And the worst thing you can do is expose yourself to artificial lighting. So that's why when people are like, they're working in buildings with like, you know, their led lights that are like these bright white lights and they're drained throughout the day and they want to take a nap in the afternoon. And everyone's like, Oh, it's probably just my adrenals. It's like, yes. And you know, your mitochondria are just being nuked. Right. Mm-hmm. And so what, let's take this a step further. The, the study that you were talking about they, with the prostate and the breast cancer, when we interviewed Dr. Ben Bigman and he wrote the book, how we get sick and he's all about insulin and all that jazz. He He shared with us research that scientists are now theorizing that cancer is actually caused by mutated mitochondria. So if you think about we're nuking the health of our mitochondria with artificial lighting, you know, like we're kind of, we're getting all of this correlative data, right? And obviously lighting is not the only thing that's causing cancer. It's it's a a plethora of environmental factors and stress and unhealthy living and diet and the American way of living, but it really does affect us. You know, it really is, Mm. you know, we have to be really mindful of this artificial world that we live in. We weren't designed. If you think of evolutionarily speaking, we were co-created in this world and everything was symbiotic. And now with our intelligence, we've removed ourselves from nature and we've created this artificial world when really our basic DNA, our basic cells, like they thrive in nature. When we eat natural foods, our bodies thrive. When we expose ourselves to natural light, our bodies thrive. Our mitochondria Mm. are healthier. They produce more ATP, right? Like we have to think of things in those terms and just be like, we need to be extremely mindful. If we're going to live in this artificial world, we got to know what we're up against and how we weren't designed for this. So let's implement ways to protect ourselves and be mindful. And if you work in a building with artificial lighting, you're looking at artificial screens, have really strong boundaries. Like in the morning, you're going for a walk. In the evening, you're going for a walk, right? Like you said, don't look at your screen the first hour in your day and the last hour at night right? Like all of these things can be really, really helpful for us. And these daily micro changes can turn into macro changes long-term, right? Um, Yeah, I agree. And I just wanted to add that there was, what's really interesting was there was another study done straight after that. And they looked at people that lived in residential areas, which had artificial lighting outside their home. So let's say lampposts. And 
again, they found those that slept in urban areas with lighting outside of their home also were increasingly at risk of problems related to cancer and increased versus someone that didn't live in that area. Because again, that light is peering through their windows into their bedroom and affecting that their body. And what I say now is if you're someone that lives in an area like that is get blackout blinds, right? Because Mm -hmm. it's not just also your eyes, it's your your skin knows and feels the same way we hear, you know, if your body is on to a certain level, if it's still in that state where melatonin levels are a little bit low and your body's still alive, it's still responding to noises, lights, et cetera. And it's on its kind of, it's still on its flight, flight or flight system ready to move, right? But if you can get rid of all those stimuli, you can have a well rest of sleep and make sure those normal functions in your body where you're getting rid of toxins, muscle recovery, et cetera, et cetera, are happening to its fullest. But if you don't, then you're at risk. And you never know what your body does in, while you're sleeping, unless you have, you know, let's say an aura ring or something like that, which is tracking the data. But if you do have an aura ring, see what happens when you wear a, you know, an eye mask that blocks out light and you also block out any little lighting, even on LED devices where you've got a little light in your room. You know, if you get rid of all that, you'll see actually you'll be a lot more well-rested and, and the future self will think, thank you. How does that light interact with the skin and does yeah. it affect our skin health and how that interacts similar to our eyes? Yeah, so it's you need a lot more of it for it to impact you. But the same way UV light affects our skin, right? Your skin is, it's an organ. It can sense things are happening. And those that have darker skin obviously are less receptive to it than that those that don't but it can just pick up that signal from where you have a dark environment where you have environments like when our ancestors used to sleep outside the moon was a completely different type of lighting so if you look at a spectrometer there isn't that harsh blue light that's emitted from the moon in the same way it is with artificial lighting you wouldn't be impacted but with artificial lighting you are your skin's picking up all those stimuli in that way Well, think of it this way, you guys, like you literally stand in the sun and your body creates a hormone called vitamin D. We have photoreceptors in our cells. Do you know what I mean? So of course, if that's the most obvious light response that I can think of right now, but there's tons of therapies, red light therapy, where your skin has to be exposed. It's not just eyes. Um, So with the skin, do you think it could be affecting mitochondria? Could it be giving me wrinkles? What, like what's happening here with the blue light in my skin? Uh, well, that's really interesting. So Unilever released a study two years ago, which said they looked at multiple participants and they, they looked at the impact on blue light and skin. And they found that after 30 hours of screen time, they found there was an increase in skin inflammation by 40%, <gasps> which uh, causes the reduction of elasticity of the skin, which then in turn causes early age. So <gasps> it's quite alarming, right? Because in the same way UV light can affect us, blue light can affect us as well, causing a detriment to affect the skin. Wow. That's crazy. Like, that, so even just... if you have glasses, you still, you're not covering up your skin. Yeah. So nowadays there's a lot of products that have UV, SPF, and also blue light filtering ingredients in them. So, you know, for your skin, definitely wear them, or you can wear a cap or, you know, whatever you need to protect your skin in that sense. What but you can't from what? the computer, though. Like, computer is still going to, you know, give that yeah. effect, right? If, if, yeah, computer-wise, then, you know, that's why we have different modalities of products. We have screen filters yeah. where typically everyone is aware of blue light blocking glasses. And what we do with OcuShield is we create screen filters that have blue light blocking technology. So the skin aspect side of things, you don't have to wire it sit there with 
SPF plus blue light blocking technology. You've right. got that filtration right from the light source itself, which is the best okay. thing you can do. So you're not worried about the impact it has on your skin, eyes, or sleep. Right. That's what I was actually going to ask because it's funny as for listeners, as we all got onto this zoom call, uh, Gina and I are wearing our blue light blocking glasses. And then we're like, Driven, like, where's your glasses? And he's like, well, I actually have it on my screen. I'm like, all my tech. Oh, hey, I have that too, duh. Like, so, so, so I have a question about the technology. So, yeah, you know, I've heard that there's some that you like, maybe it's the yellow or the red, you know, ones that you can't wear earlier in the day. Is that true of these? I don't really know about that. Would you get tired if you wear them too early in the day or is that not an issue? Yeah, so the official glasses that we do, they're generally for all day wear because they're, they're made predominantly to reduce the eye strain and headaches and darker ones, the ones that I like to call the amber and orange glow glasses, they're predominantly more suited for those that want to use them at nighttime because what they're doing is one is you look funny if you wear them in the day, right? It's not very uh, useful in the day. <laughs> Secondly, yeah, they're cutting out a hundred percent of the blue light. It's a bit like red light therapy. If you've got red lights in your environment at night, you're pretty sure that there's going to be no blue light in your environment. So a rule of thumb is, you know, wearing blue blockers during the day for eye strain and headaches those lenses are generally less red or orange in them and then the ones that are for night are better off when they have a lot more amber orange color naturally but you guys don't sell those do you you don't make those do you the evening ones or do you no so yeah we've created a balanced product where we reduce up to 54 percent of the blue light both from the spike in blue light for eye strain and headaches as well as sleep. But we wanted to create, you know, for me, compliance is the really key thing here is, you know, if you've got adults and children alike, if you've got an awesome product like a amber pet or, or red pair of glasses and no one uses them in the evening, you're, the solution is almost redundant, right? So for us, it's saying, yes, we might not reduce 100% of the blue light for the sleep aspect side of things, but actually you're reducing that impact by wearing them and you can go out to the cinema or you can wear them when you have friends around but you're not going to feel like a silly person wearing them on your face right yep it's interesting i have the raw optic glasses i have the red and the yellow and i have absolutely worn these ones more than those like those are phenomenal glasses and like you said they get a hundred percent but i don't wear them because i feel a little john lennon-ish you know so <laughs> It's hard to see. It's not, you have to really get used to like to seeing see through that too. too. Yeah. Like I remember putting on the red ones. I worn them like twice and I'm just like, I can't see my screen. Like your eyes have to adapt to it. The yellow ones are fun. I love wearing the yellow ones during the day, but I love to see colors. Like I just mm -hmm. love to see the natural color of my world. You know what I mean? So I think like, so I have absolutely worn these more and like I'll drive in them and I'll like walk around in them. I'm fine with wearing these for hours and hours a day. The other ones I didn't, but so I think that's for consumers. If you're like, you know what, getting 50% of hours and hours versus like 2% of like one hour, you know, like, mm. like, wait, but if you have severe headaches and if you have, if you are very, very light sensitive, yeah, maybe like raw optic is more your jam. Right. But for the majority of people, like this is my honest, honest, like experience and opinion. Like I have worn these a lot, a lot more. They're very yeah. lightweight. They look like really, I love them. yeah, me too. I really do love them. My raw optics, they look nice, but it's just, it's so obvious, right? It's just like red in your face or yellow <laughs> in your face. So like my kids, like Tennyson would probably wear these more than the other ones, but I think I'm just going to go out and buy a bunch of your screen protectors. Like I yeah. can't believe I haven't done that already. Like right. why haven't I done that? So yeah, that, that's, that's really interesting. I was just going to say, yeah, you know, it's a, uh, 
Alki Shore, we have people that buy all the products because they like to use different products at different times and different environments. But yeah. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about like your company. You make the glasses, you make the screen protectors. Is there anything else that you guys make or you're working on right now? Yeah. So we also have a portable desk lamp called the Oki lamp. So it's low blue light emitting mm. and flicker That's free. Cool. You can change the color temperatures, the intensity of the light as well. So, and it has 20 hours of charge. So if you're someone that hybrid works now, you work in the office or at home, put it in your bag and take it wherever you want. And it's great task lighting to make sure that you're working with lighting that's safe for your environment. So that's another product we have. Well, we've just released two new products, actually. We've released a, a sleep eye mask, a bamboo weighted sleep eye mask, for the reason that I spoke about, because we need to block mm-hmm. out all light. And that product also has an inner bag, which you can heat up. So I don't know if any, either of you suffer from dry eyes, but mm-hmm. dry eyes is something that affects a lot of people where mm-hmm. they're itching their eyes and they just generally don't feel great because there's no lubrication around their eyes, right? So the sleep eye mask can be heated, the inner bag can be heated in the microwave. You can put it back on and what that does, it acts as a warm compress. So then the oils in your eyes, you can actually, they can be easily secreted and therefore you're not suffering from that dry eye syndrome. And then at the same time, you can also put the inner bag in the freezer. So if you have puffy inflamed eyes, you can use it as a cold treatment. So we wanted to create a multifunctional sleep eye mask, which I think we've done. I just went to the optometrist like two, three months ago because of like, long story short, long COVID destroyed my nervous system and I started getting visual impairment. That's a fun story. But I went to the optometrist and he tested me. I'm 34 and he tested my eyes for dry eye. He's like, you have dry eye. I'm like, I'm not symptomatic. And he's like, it's more common in women to get dry eye earlier, like in their thirties and in like desert areas, dry areas and whatnot. And so he told me to do like the compress thing. And he actually gave me a medication for it, which I obviously haven't used, but yeah, like it's actually more, you don't have to be symptomatic to have the beginning stages of dry eye. And so I joked with him, I'm like, well, dry eye is a very sexist issue because it's more common in women than it is in men. So I just thought that was really interesting. Let's, if you want to be proactive about preserving the health of your eye, start doing something like start creating like a ritual if you want, if you feel called to that. Totally. And because you suffer from dry eyes, you're probably blinking a lot more because your tears evaporate very quickly. So therefore you can't see as well as someone that doesn't suffer from dry eyes. So you'd blink to try to replenish your tear film but it's just a constant cycle where if you have dry eyes you're going to be suffering so it is a pain and then lastly one of our other products that we've launched is something that you probably enjoy it's it's actually a emf radiation insert a lot of emf cases or products on the market at the moment are great when the device is closed or the case is closed but when you Mm -hmm. open let's say emf radiation case it only reduces about 27 percent of emf radiation So what we've created is an insert that sits between your phone case and the device, and it removes up to 75% of EMF radiation while your, obviously your phone is exposed and it doesn't affect your signal. So there's no change in your signal, data, Wi-Fi or calling. So yeah, we've released that product now as well. I want to, if you don't mind, I'm going to, I'm probably going to get one and I'm going to have my friend test it because he's my EMF guy. He like debunks all the EMF things. And so I'm excited to do that. I'm excited to try it. So I love all EMF things. You guys, if you haven't listened to my EMF podcast, you should, because we don't realize just like artificial lighting, how EMFs actually affect our bodies. Very cool. Is there anything else as far as like artificial lighting goes, health, that you want our listeners to really, really understand and like 
really wrap their heads around? Um, yeah, two things. I think one is it's important to know is in the nighttime when there's low levels of lighting, your pupils actually dilate. Mm-hmm. So the pupils actually get bigger. And because of that, you actually absorb a lot more light. So if you're someone that sits in the dark and watches TV or is on their mm-hmm. phone, TikTok scrolling, you're worse off than someone that's sitting in a well-lit room, right? So, so yeah, something to note is don't do that because you're, you're going to be impacting your body even more so. Wow, and, that's um, so interesting. Yeah, yeah, you, you don't think I about it. think because, about you know, it, but it makes uh, sense, yeah. Yeah, because it's such an involuntary mechanism of your pupil straining size. You don't feel it, right? You don't feel it, you don't see it. It's something that just happens. <laughs> this is what happens in nighttime. And um, secondly is... Um, We've got 11 million sensory receptors in the body. 10 million of them are actually in the eyes. So a lot of them, the majority of them. And research has found that any given minute, your brain is working up to 50% of its capacity to decipher visual information. So if you can't see or you have a lot of aberrations, so short wavelength light, if you have a lot of visual information that your brain has to decipher to see, your brain's going to be working a lot harder than it needs to. So if you're requiring your brain to do other work, let's say you're trying to do an assignment or you're trying to focus, you're not helping yourself because your brain's having to work through all this visual processing to get that done. But you know, when I discovered that, I thought that was quite mind-blowing that our brain, 50% of it has to work to just decipher what we're seeing. That's so so crazy to me. It's kind of a little stunning, right? Where you're just, this is such a big problem in our lives that we don't even realize we've completely normalized it, right? Another thing, like, I kind of want to go back to the kid thing too, is like, not only are they on screens and TV and all that, but they're now using computers in school, right? Like before it was pen and paper and like my son comes home with a laptop and I'm like, what? Did I approve this? You know, they're doing homework on computers and these like these little things and their math on computers. And it's like, it really is. It's like, we just have to be really mindful of the amount of artificial lighting and artificial food and all the artificial stuff that we're exposing ourselves to and realize like, if you're not feeling good, there's answers out there. There's a reason why, like mm-hmm. the body, I think the biggest thing people believe is like, oh, I'm just aging. My body's just breaking down, right? It's like, no, 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 no. There are factors that have been affecting that. You're not a rock. Like Mm. you can do actionable steps to empower yourself and to help heal yourself and keep digging deeper, right? If you have headaches and your doctor doesn't have the answers, that's fine. Go and find the answers, find experts like you and about lighting and EMFs and toxins and infections and all that. There's stuff like your body wasn't designed to be ill, find answers to help heal it. I have a product question too, just because I get this one all the time. I know we're going to get this question a lot. So is there a difference? I know there's a difference between like the blue blocking and the yellow and the red that you talked about. Is there a difference between just different brands or different products across the market? That's a question I get a lot is like, does it matter how much I spend? Does it matter where I get it from? Is there differences in that? Or do you guys just create a range of unique products that most people don't have access? most people don't have. Yeah, no, that definitely is a difference. We've tested out, you know, those five to $10 products on Amazon, as well as other reasonably priced brands. And because we're a healthcare team to begin with, you know, we come from this as an angle from an optometrist, we have duty of care to protect people. And, you know, we've gone that extra step where all of our products are registered with the FDA in America, and also the Department of Health in the UK as well to give it that extra seal of approval because you know you have to run through a fair bit of hoops to get that 
But I think it's important. We want to provide trust to consumers that put their trust in us in, in the products we're creating. But yeah, in, in short, there's, there's products out there that they don't do what they claim to do. And I think it's always worth doing your research on a company where possible and yeah, finding out those trust signals. That's a great question, Gina. Like I didn't even think of that. I get that question all the time. People ask me all the time, is there a difference? And I'm like, you know, I actually don't know. (laughs) Right, right. So what you're telling us is that you can guarantee it does up to 50% blue like blocking, but other companies like theirs might be like five or 10%. Exactly, exactly. You know, some of them do claim to limit a lot of more blue light, but actually might not even be blue light they're reducing. It might just be, nothing or it might be a type of red light or green light which is not relevant to the conversation so yeah so can I ask a question why only 50% blue and not 100% is it because you have to have like the red or the yellow like lenses at that point is that correct yeah so generally the way our technology works is we have pigment within the lens and also coatings on the back and front surface so we've done a specific blend to make sure you can get up to 54% We could go a lot higher, but you're right. It will distort the way you see things, not only from a color perspective, but from a contrast, the visual acuity perspective as well. Mm -hmm. And we don't want that. We want people to, again, to enjoy what they're seeing, Mm -hmm. not affect their day to day, you know, be able to send emails or watch a Netflix documentary, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. And not have the world look like a different color. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Awesome. Well, Gina, do you have any other, like, this has been fascinating for me. Like I learned a lot of new things and, and really our people don't really think about these things, right? Like think about glasses and that kind of awareness. So when I, when I saw that we were interviewing you, I was really excited because I'm like, I know this is important. I want to know the why though. Like I want to really deep dive the why. And I, and we absolutely got that today. Gina, any other questions before we No, this is fantastic. I learned so much. So you guys, if you like what you heard and you want to get your hands on a pair of one of these glasses, like I said, these are the ones I have worn the most. You can use the 20% discount code gutsyhealth20 when you go to OcuShield. And so I've actually, as we were talking, I'm looking at their screen protectors. Yeah, I'm going to go to the shopping street and like get screen protectors for my son's. Uh, do you guys have a screen protector for their little, he plays on the Nintendo, Nintendo Switch. Like... We do Nintendo Switch. Yeah, we do it for those as well. Heck yeah. I saw the iPads and the phones and the computer screens. I didn't get that far to the Nintendo Switch, but I'm going to get a Nintendo Switch one and one for my laptop. Like I'm sold. I'm all in. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm a hardcore fan now. So um, Druven, thank you so much. This has been really eye-opening for me. And listeners, thank you. If you want to contact this company and get more information, do you guys have like an Instagram or social media? Give us yeah. Yeah, to- totally. Yeah, I mean, if if you simply Google OcuShield, O-C-U-S-H-I-E-L-D, you'll be able to find us. We're on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at Get OcuShield. And if anyone has any personal questions for me, you can you can find me on Instagram or LinkedIn. I'm happy to answer any eye eye queries or blue light queries, anything of the sort. Brad, thank you so much, listeners. Thanks for tuning in today. We'll catch you next week. Until then, have a phenomenal week. Thank you for listening to the Gutsy Health Podcast. We hope you enjoyed and learned a lot from this episode. For more updates, follow us on Instagram at Gutsy Health Podcast.